What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind the scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Who would win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash who would win show. And for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Earth Day in the USA. Swamp Thing was just putting an end to a massive polluting of a large corporation went up in the sky. Captain Planet arrived on scene late to do the very same thing. Mistaking the man of the swamp for an eco-terrorist, Planet flies down to defeat this apparent scourge, not realizing they fight on the same side. But today, they will fight each other. It's the Bog Barbarian versus the Blue Wonder. It's the Terror of the Wetlands versus the Panacea for Pollution. It's Swamp Thing versus Captain Planet today on Who And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus, Ray, we, we've got a little issue you and I need to talk about. We uh, probably do. Well, I'm referring, well, we have many issues, but though I'm referring primarily to what happened in our last, you know, uh, previous episode. The people have clearly spoken. Uh, they, they've made their anger and frustration at the show. Like, this is damaging the show when you keep bringing on these judges that make terrible decisions when the points are so clear, the, the elegance of the arguments are so strong, and yet they somehow come down with the wrong side once again and again and again you mentioned something before today's show you you came up with this weird theory about that is how correct. i win when i shouldn't win can you let the audience know the inner workings of ray mind mind well, we were talking and we were bringing in our esteemed judge this week one of my favorite judges we've ever had in the history of this entire show i should point out we'll introduce them in just a moment but we were having a conversation the three of us and it was how does james have such poor arguments uh, and be so clearly wrong in so many of these episodes and pull the victory. And the obvious first answer, and I'll say it on Twitter, 
I'll say it again here. There's clearly some sort of behind the scenes bribery I don't know about. There's there's something going on. The people at home aren't dumb, James Gavsey. Okay. They can see that something's happening. But the second point, sure. and if, if we're to pretend you're not bribing for one second, let's pretend. which not, is outrageous, not. but let's pretend for a moment. Let's, let's do it. You have a way about you in that third point when you get a laser focus and you are almost speaking poetry in your pre-written point number three because, uh, you know, you wouldn't uh, improvise to save your life. The point is, James, that you're so well... Uh, uh, charismatic in those moments Go on. that I believe that you take the judges with you on a journey of complete nonsense and you, you get the magic school bus in gear and you take them on some crazy, crazy journey, some path. It's like a party and everyone's happy to be there and smiling and having a good time. And Oh, I'd like to be a part of the James Gavsey point three party. Yeah, let's go do it. And then they're dancing and they're having a good time. And then the show's over and they somehow say that party is the victory. And then as, as soon as they walk out the door, they go, what happened? What did I just do? Did I get intoxicated by Canadian magic? It is possible that that occurs from time to time and clearly i need to do a better job of waking up our judges in my final rebuttal because this is unacceptable and i obviously need to change something about the way we do things okay i think that's pretty much absolutely accurate and thank you ray is it, are you saying that your point number three you know if i have a magic school bus you have a Short school bus. I mean, so I don't need that many people for it. Okay, yeah. fair enough. And so if I have a party, what do you have? I've got a movement. Like a I, bowel I, movement it, is got it. So your third come point in all like different a, shapes and sizes. Sure. But what I would just say, say about all of this right here is um, after the battle was over, we talked to Mitchell Baldwin. Yes. And and he and, and, and after point after the turning point of that battle, for those of you who haven't listened, go listen now. Well, you probably already know what happened is. He said King Kong had the had the lead after the second point. And when I came out with my point number three, I could just see him nodding. I could see him smiling. He was completely, he was completely on my side. Absolutely. It was such a great point. Right. And so uh, well argued that he had no choice but to go with Megatron. And then you just started this journey, started this melodic thing talking about, oh, and he's retreated because he's the villain of a cartoon. Of course, he's retreated. Well, how is that even a talking point? That is a bad writing. And that's part of that character. Less said about that, the better. But you took him on a journey, and after it was over, he goes, I don't think I made the right call. Of course you didn't, Mitch! Of course you... If okay. you're listening to this right now, shame on you. Okay, so number one, you sound bitter. I, um, could, be, I could be wrong. It, just, it sounds like there's some bitterness in your yeah, voice. a little bit, a little bit. Okay, uh, point number two. I know you researched and put a lot of thought and time into your arguments for Megatron. Uh, truth be told, I completely forgot I was doing the show that day and I didn't know what King Kong uh -huh, could do. Sure. I did a yeah. YouTube clip of King Kong, like holding a tree and smacking a monster. That's, that's pretty much all I had. Pull the other one, James. I know better than that. Yeah, I know. Well, here's the thing. No one wanted Megatron to win that battle more than me. You know that for a fact. And you uh, told me after the battle, you thought he made the wrong decision. Don't you even start. I or did don't I, know. Did how, I, or did I, I dream that? No, that's true. I don't know how Mitchell came to it. I'm I, I'm kind of thankful he did at the same time. Oh, I, I bet like, you are. Okay. All I'm saying is I feel bad, not because of how you feel, because I actually find that funny, but more because I let down Megatron, who I consider a real thing. Oh, he's an entity. Oh, he's sure. an entity, for sure. Yeah, he has feelings. For sure. Let's kind of move on here, because we have someone in the studio. Again, I've described her this way, and a lot of people are like, really? She is that? And then when they kind of watched her cool videos she does on Facebook for toys and reviews and what have you, then went to her cool blog sites and what have you. They, they were like, you're absolutely right. She is one of the coolest people ever. And I'm like, you're wrong. She's actually the coolest person ever. Welcome back to the show. Second time judge, the coolest person any of us ever know. It's Lauren Stone. Lauren, how are you doing today? 
I am spectacular, especially after that injury. You can keep that going. I will I will absorb it. Well, there's a number of ways that you're cool. Ray, go ahead and say. Well, I would say right now, obviously, uh, you light up a room when you come into it. Your connections to the comic books and your knowledge of all of the above and your 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 joy over just all of that is is immeasurable. The biggest way that I can say why uh, you are one of my favorite people is you in the General Grievous versus Blade matchup. Uh, I, of course, correctly had General Grievous winning that battle. You voted against me as a judge and you're coming back a second time. You must be great I'm because usually right I try to play face. goalie on those where I'm able to and I try to knock those judges out of the way so we can get, you know, the ones who will make better decisions. I would just say I know you heard my speech earlier about the intoxicating journey of one James Gavsey. I feel so uncomfortable when you say that. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep in mind this battle and just stay sober, stay emotionally sober during that moment because he will try to infect your brain with nonsense. And I think you're better than that. The elixir will not be drunk. Thank you. Or has it been already? We'll find out in a sec. (sighs) All right. Ray, way to make things uncomfortable. Again, it's really what I do. Here, okay. So, one of the reasons, another reason why I think, Lauren, you're so cool is because you organize, you program, you direct comic conventions, different types of toy conventions, Morphicon, all these cool things. How do you do it? Because, you know, when you take a step back and you look at these events, they're massive. There's so many moving parts. Like, how do you keep your sanity? Never mind throw such an awesome event because I did some checking. Everyone who goes to them, I checked out the Yelp ratings, all that. People love your events. What is your secret? I don't actually pay for them. (laughs) 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 I I am on the planning staff. So, yeah, it depends on the show. I play a different role for every show. For some of them, I play multiple roles. It can be anywhere from doing the social media. It can be approving press and industry passes, it can be coordinating volunteers, it can be creating programming. And I equate that all back to my love of actually cooking and throwing parties. If you've ever made a cheese board and know the balance of flavors and textures, you can design programming at a convention. Well, so yeah, your parties are fantastic. Quick question, why is Ray not invited like to your parties? Like is, okay, you're giving me this look and you're looking at Ray like, you know why. Oh, really? I shouldn't even go? Okay. I don't know what's happening right now. I know. I know. That's all good. Is there a party you want to come to, Ray? I don't usually go to parties. Um, I I wouldn't (laughs) want any party that would have me uh, be attending. I don't know, because you know what? I think there's an excellent opportunity for you to come to one of my next parties. In fact, coming up soon at the end of August is the Long Beach Comic Con at the Long Beach Convention Center. Heck yes. And I think... Sounds pretty good. And you know what I think we need to have happen? Uh Uh-oh. I think there should be a who would win battle live in the panel room at Long Beach Comic Con. What? What? August 31st, 2019, mm. Long Beach mm. Convention Center. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so you know we all kind of like, we play up the show. Are you being serious? I am 100% serious. You guys are invited. You're going to do it live. Are you kidding? Never. This face is 100% serious. You can tell in every picture I take. Okay. To our listeners who know, this is something I've wanted to do ever since we first started the Who Would Win show. You're... All joking aside, you're being dead serious right now? I am dead serious. I would say keep your eye on the social media for the apps for the confirmed time, but you guys are going to do a Who Would Win panel at Long Beach Comic Con. Ray, do you think I could do what I do in here, do an entire room full of people? Oh, I know you could. Oh, heck yes. Okay. You've been invited to the party, Ray. Well, I'll let you know after the decision today what I have decided. Hashtag Ray is invited. That's, that's, that's never been used before. That's a new hashtag. Ever. That's crazy. Okay. Do you accept? Will you? Will you come to my party? I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. We got to figure this out. I will be nebulous in my response before because I am uncanny and you cannot uh, pin me down to anything. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, so you heard it here first. We are okay. We're doing it. We're gonna do a uh, who would win show 
as a panel at Long Beach Comic Con. August 31st. And what, what's the weekend of that? So it's the 30th, Friday the 30th? No, it's a two-day show. It's okay. 31st and September 1st. Fantastic. Okay. Ray, pressure's on, man. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Just to let you know, last time I did live shows for Who Would Win, I did turn the crowd. Exactly. We did Batman versus Captain America, and I had Batman, and I completely turned the crowd. Boy, James, it must be hard to convince a group of people Batman is cool. <laughs> So if you come into the panel room and just see the <laughs> pink swirling smoke of conviction, you know that James is in the room. Yeah, if you Wait, smell pink, something, right, okay. point number three might have just happened. That's, That's all I'm right. trying to say. <laughs> the jealousy knows no bounds. Okay, guys, this is fantastic. I'm actually really excited and kind of nervous for this. Thank you for the invite. I will do you proud. Yes. And so we'll, and Ray will be there too. With that being said, let's get today's matchup. Go ahead and announce today's battle, please. Representing the DC Universe, the creature with so much to do, you could say he's busy, not swamped, Swamp Thing. And representing the world of Deke cartoons, the guy who always plays fair and would never cheatle in a fight, Captain Planet. (laughs) I know, well done, Ray. (laughs) Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will be able to make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with neither combatant necessarily knowing anything about their opponent or having any time to prepare for it. Rule number three, the exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. So, Ray, you're going with which version of Swamp Thing? Uh, This is the Alec Holland version, probably the most popular and well-known of the Swamp Things. Not the first original Swamp Thing, but this is the one I think when, when people consider and think about this character... The Holland version is the one that they will be thinking about. Uh Uh-oh. That's a powerful version of Swamp Thing. I know that character very well. I got to bring out the big guns this battle. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll be going with the iconic, obviously, version of Captain Planet from the 90s cartoon series. Oh, it's very 90s. It's the 90th, 90th market market research, 90th of shows. I don't want to know that he was wearing, uh, riding a skateboard and drinking a Mountain Dew on the show, but he probably did. He did. Well, number four, the winner of the Who Would Win debate is whomever the judge decides has the best ability to incapacitate their opponent to the degree where they can safely walk away with no further threat being present. This includes completely destroying their opponent, removing them from the field of battle, restraining them, or knocking them out. The Who Would Win battles are not necessarily death matches. Rule number five, the judge can disallow or veto a point made by one of the debaters if they feel it goes outside of the scope of the battle or is irrelevant to the fight. And rule number six, each debater must use examples of powers, abilities, or weapons that are part of the specific character's continuity, or at least was with that character for a good deal of time. One-off examples of powers or abilities that were used only once in the character's history will not be allowed. Now, that might be a little tricky with Captain Planet, and I'll explain why later, but you know the rule. I know exactly why, and I'm excited to tear you apart for that reason. Ray, you can barely go up the stairs without like losing your breath. Like, how are you going to tear anything apart? Other than a chocolate bar, like I've never seen you tear anything apart. They have elevators for a reason. Fair enough. Okay. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants today's tale of the tape is brought to you by who would win t-shirts except no imitations find the official who would win shirts all of the designs on amazon by typing in hashtag who would win ray please give us the details on swamp thing swamp thing is an ecological superhero who first appeared in the dc comic book house of secrets number 92 in july of 1971 he was created by Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson originally as a one-off horror story, but eventually got rebooted as his own solo character. Swamp Thing has appeared in comics, TV shows, movies, and even video games, uh, dating to the Injustice games of today, which are like the Mortal Kombat style of games, but also he had an original Nintendo Entertainment System game back in 1991, which is crazy. Swamp Thing has been reimagined many times through the souls of several different characters. This is mainly because a writer, Alan Moore, who handled the first reboot, saw Swamp Thing not as a singular being, but as a force of nature whose essence would take form through many different incarnations. He has a massive litany of abilities, including elemental powers, super strength, healing factor, and power over all forms of plant life. Fun fact, Swamp Thing's concept has changed very often during the years. He's gone from a movie monster of the week to a tragic hero to a <clears throat> German soldier during um, the 1940s. <clears throat> and I don't really think we need to go anywhere after that one. That is Swamp Thing. All right. <laughs> You're the, I just like watching your face as you, were, as you were doing that last little fact. Fun fact of, uh, you know. Swamp Thing. Here are the details for Captain Planet. Now, Captain Planet first appeared on the animated series Captain Planet and the Planeteers on TBS back in 1990. In the beginning of the animated series, series Gaia, the spirit of Earth, assembles a modern-day group of young people from several nations and names them the Planeteers. When the modern-day Planeteers combine their powers of Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, and whatever heart is, they summon the elemental warrior known as Captain Planet. Although a set of powers have never been fully determined, it has been step demonstrated that he has the power to manipulate matter at the molecular level, is telepathic, and has Superman-class strength, flight, speed, and durability. And here's an interesting fact about Captain Planet. Did you know that Tom Cruise was at one point the voice for Captain Planet? It's true. Playing on his own passion for environmental protection, Tom Cruise was the original choice for the role, and supposedly even voiced him for six episodes before leaving the show. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Lauren, do you have any questions before we get started? Absolutely not. I'd say here comes point number one. Don't slip. Ooh, do it, Ray. I feel like slipping right now. My, my point number one is just going to 
educate on Swamp Thing, because I have a feeling that Swamp Thing, while he has been a popular character all the way since the 1970s, he was so popular that like, as a as a horror monster of the week, as a creature of the Black Lagoon ripoff, let's keep it real, he was so captivating and his story was so, uh, touched so many people that they decided this guy can stand alone on his own and become a hero as opposed to a monster. And I think it's important to understand where he is coming from. So I, I said before in the tale of the tape, his power set is, is really kind of neat, and it's very, very mirror of Captain Planets. One of the really interesting things about uh, researching this battle and finding out all the stuff I can find out is Captain Planet and Swamp Thing, you wouldn't think it by looking at them, they are almost the same character. They are remarkably same. They both have, and I'll just talk about Swamp Thing, I'm sure you'll do Captain Planet in a sec, power over all of the elements, earth, water, wind, and fire. I mean, he could absolutely shapeshift the ground around him. He can uh, reform his body and unform his body as he would like to. Um, he has the power of uh, the elemental force of the winds, of fire, uh, uh, of water. Essentially, if it's something that is alive, he has some sort of a power over it uh, on an elemental basis. What that means for him as a character is one, of course, he is super, super strong. He has one of the highest strength uh, potential maximums in all of the DC universe. And knowing what we all know about the DC universe, I know exactly what I am saying when I make that point. That He is a monumental level of strength uh, uh, matched by very, very few other characters. He also has a very powerful healing factor. He can shake off pretty much any single uh, hit that he has taken in a matter of seconds because he can essentially unform his body and then reform it over here uh, with different parts of the of the earth because he is of the earth. That is essentially his spirit right there. So one of the things that he has the ability to do is, is to take his consciousness completely out of his body if need be. So if you destroy the body of Swamp Thing, if somehow Captain Planet, and I don't think he would do this, but if he used some sort of Captain Planet power and he obliterated, disintegrated Swamp Thing, the spirit would still be there. Because the only way that you can kill Swamp Thing is to destroy the planet Earth. That's the only way you can do it. What is one thing in this battle I can be very sure of? Captain Planet, who is also similarly powered, is never going to destroy the Earth because that is completely against his programming. So my, my first thought would be, what is Captain Planet going to be able to do against Swamp Thing that he cannot handle? Because he can also be everywhere at all times because of his ability to manipulate the forces around him. And even, and even use all the ground of the Earth if he has to. So battlefield removal, not going to be a thing right here. It's just not. That's really all I have to say about that. Like he has, he has all of the great powers of Captain Planet. And I would really like to wait for my rebuttal because I know that they share a lot of power sets. So I'll wait till James brings some stuff up and I'll say, oh yes, he could also do that. But whatever you think Swamp Thing can do, he, he's, he's almost OP. I would say not even almost. He is an OP character. He is a Superman level power in the DC universe. The most, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful comic book universes that's ever been created where people do ridiculous things all the time. He's part of that. That is my point. Number one. If I may, please. Um, wait, so he's got power over plants. I know he can do stuff with the earth because of the plant stuff in it but yes. i don't think he's got control over fire or water well he has just general elemental powers um so he can affect things as he would like if as he needs to right but okay because i know at one point during and i'm not trying to put down your point number one is actually really really good i know at one point during the comic the, the character's history it could swamp thing could actually control fire water and all that kind of stuff that was a very short period limited period of time and for the majority of its history especially the past i don't know how many years it's been plant life and I believe some of the ground surrounding the plant life. 
Uh, but it's very, very far-reaching Absolutely. in its nature. And, and I would say, you know, he doesn't always use those powers. It's just that he has the elemental powers. And to be fair, I'm not really relying on them too much. I just want it to be known that they're out there in case James has some sort of weird fire-based thing. Swamp Thing's got an answer for it. That's all I'm trying to say with that point right there. Fair enough. All right. I have nothing more to say about point one. Lauren, what are your thoughts? My thoughts so far that you made an excellent argument. I can um, sort of see that smoky elixir starting to seep into the room and I'm sort of backing into a corner because I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. I'm ready to hear what James has to say. But I will say this, that so far, I'm, you know, I'm thinking you're, you're saying Swamp Thing and I'm like, hmm, Avatar Aang. All right, let's mm-hmm. keep rolling with this. Great minds think alike. Uh-huh. I like this. I also like how you, you when you, you alluded to the elixir of Ray coming through him, you were backing away from it. Oh, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very powerful and not for all people. It's really not for any people. Um, okay, let me go with point number one. I'm going to call this, what powers doesn't Captain Planet have? Okay, again, researching, I'm going to do way too much research. It's ridiculous what he can do. I don't know what he can't do. Let me put it that way. Okay. So you mentioned that you brought up Avatar the Airbender and how, you know, Aang has the uh, ability, great series, by the way, and how Aang has, you know, mastery over and can bend the, you know, fire, earth, wind, and water, right? And kind of do it in combinations. Captain Planet has all of that too. Captain Planet has the ability to bend, but on a huge scale, control, fire, water, wind, um, he can create electricity. He can dominate. The, I mean, just crazy stuff. Okay. So he's got everything that Ava- Aang the Avatar can do, except probably multiplied by a power of 10 because he focuses the planet Earth and all the elements into his own system. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, Captain Planet also controls plant life. He can make plants do what he wants as well as grow, make the plants grow to huge proportions. He once controlled vines and roots of a tree to grow massively, come on the ground and ensnare people and all of their trucks who are trying to pollute something. By the way, he can fire and control a huge blast of electricity. He can create tornadoes. He can create rain clouds. He basically controls weather. So he's got all the powers of storm from the X-Men except multiplied to a much higher level. And here's my favorite. This I'm pretty sure Swamp Thing doesn't have as a power. For some reason, he can shoot a rainbow beam of energy from oh, his chest Lord. that then corkscrews in air into like a funnel, and it's a destructive funnel somehow. He used that rainbow blast to destroy, I can't believe I'm saying this, to destroy an oncoming uh, nuclear missile. So the missile was being launched. He's like, I got this. And he kind of shoots his chest out like how Iron Man shoots like a repulsor ray from his chest. And a rainbow beam of, I couldn't believe I was watching this, beam of energy starts spiraling in a funnel, and the nuclear missile like disintegrates within it. Like, not a problem. By the way, all of this is not even including his Superman powers like flight, insane super speed, where he can fly around the planet nine times in less than a second. He's got invulnerability and insane super strength. Oh, by the way, he can teleport because, you know, why not? And finally, he has a spiritual connection with the Earth and can change his size to any dimensions he wants because it's theorized, I was reading the background of the character, he's actually the size of the planet. So when you see him as a human size, that's just him making himself very, very small. So just like Swamp Thing, he's got this insane connection. He's got all of these powers. I haven't even mentioned all of them. He's just got all of this. So he's got very similar powers to Swamp Thing. But in addition, he's got, I'd love to see Swamp Thing, or maybe I wouldn't, I don't know, shoot out a rainbow beam of energy that corkscrews and destroys things. That's my point number one. And and Captain Planet is is an absolutely insane character. He he comes from the school of, of superhero thought that just goes, what if we just had a hero that had every power and could never lose because what we're creating is 90s propaganda uh, for environmentalists? And so the, the notion that Captain Planet has a weakness 
it could not be there uh, for the purposes of this show. Now, I would say that there's there's the one thing that both our characters are uh, uh, have as a weakness, and that's pollution. And I'll get into a separate thing. The other weakness that Captain Planet has in my point number two, that's a teaser. And uh, and I think it could also come into play right there. But no, I don't have a lot to rebut against that because uh, he is he is a, a I would say less than Superman level. Uh, right. But he but he's also a a one off. He's a one off power character. He generally speaking has whatever power he needs in the moment, much like the greatest American hero. If you remember that show from the 70s, he he, he doesn't really, you know, have everything together. And then as soon as this one thing would help him win. Oh, by the way, I just grew that power and now I'm going to use it to win the day because you cannot let the polluters win on the Captain Planet TV show show even for drama's sake that but, is just simply not going to happen but you know what's interesting you're right and there was one episode of captain planet where they were dealing with drugs and one of the characters uh, my i don't know whoever that woman was who had um, power over the i think it was wind right she was i know she had blonde hair i think she was russian or something the russian one, the yeah, russian one yeah. and she accidentally fell in with this other kid who was doing drugs and they tried to save him, and then she got hooked on drugs, and then the kid actually passed out and died on the show. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how I like how you're saying yeah, and Ray's laughing, <laughs> right? No, but and like there's, it was weird watching them. Like, wait, what just happened? They're yeah. all like talking about this dead body that's on this ledge, and like and you know, and then Wheeler, the person with the fire ability, is like trying to console my whatever the Russian person saying it's okay, he's dead, it's okay, and I'm like, it's not okay, he's dead, <laughs> especially especially not okay, it's a cartoon. If Optimus, a ledge. if Optimus Prime can go in the movie, then nobody is safe. And that's what the 80s and that's 90s That's true, but that was like a film. This was like just a, on TBS, like on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Hey, what should we do that's cool? Let's give him a rainbow blast of energy and kill that kid. Yeah, and also like his his biggest, most powerful attack is a Care Bear stare. So that's kind of exciting. I'm excited I for him. I also, and I got to just a quick plug for knowing us half the podcast. We did a Captain Planet episode. It was the anti-gang inner city episode <laughs> where the, all of the Planeteers <laughs> moved to the inner city and just went to school there and then all split out and joined the different cliques and the, the gang members and everything. And they, and, they, and they found a way to end inner city violence in this episode so captain planet is a flat-out ridiculous program it is it is it is straight up propaganda and i don't even think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world especially for the early 90s when we needed help with those things but it is a flat-out ridiculous show so one thing to keep in mind when james is making these captain planet points is one they were they were written to be just flat-out ridiculous because they they wanted captain planet to be projected in a certain way with no uh, humility whatsoever, but also most of his powers are one-off examples, which uh, I hate to keep going back to it, but if we actually care about the rules of a who-would-win battle, one-off examples of powers will not be used. So do you hear, do you hear the desperation in Ray's voice, is what he's saying. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose to Captain Planet. No one wants to lose to Captain Planet, Ray, but I have a feeling you might. All right, so go to point number two, please. My point number two, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about the weaknesses of Captain Planet and the strengths of Swamp Thing. I'll start here. Swamp Thing was originally uh, conceived uh, uh, through betrayal. In that, uh, in the original Alec, Alex Olson uh, version of him is that he was murdered uh, in an explosion in a chemical lab by a jealous man who wanted to get in with his wife uh, and marry her himself. And so uh, the whole original horror story is he was blown up and he crawls himself into the swamp where the chemicals mix with the swamp and he becomes this Black Lagoon style monster. And he comes back in the moment and he has an opportunity to murder the, the guy who did it to him. And then he chooses humanity. And this is what I think is really gripping about the character. He chooses to retain his humanity than give in to being a monster. And I think that's a really, really cool story. And I can see why it resonated with so many people. The newer version had a similar thing where things were set up as the chemicals to set up an explosion in the lab in a slightly different different circumstance but almost the exact same thing happened except 
in the new Alan Moore version, uh, Swamp Thing, the character of Alec Holland actually dies. That essence and soul is dead. The Swamp Thing character is just the earth, basically. It's the realm of the plants. And that takes in Alec Holland's spirit and then pretends to be Alec Holland. That's the conceit of the show is it's is or the show. What well, is the show? But uh, the conceit of the comic is that he is essentially this this force of nature that is trying so hard to be human. But look at him. He's not he can't do a good job because he just doesn't get it. So so he is though powerful. He's also suspect suspect to a little bit of anger and rage, especially when he fears the earth is in trouble, when he fears the plants are about to get in trouble. The one Captain Planet weakness besides pollution, which we can just straight out take off the battle uh, because both of them are, are, are uh, weak to pollution, is Captain Planet is uh, hurt by all forms of pollution, including mental pollution. If there is anger or rage or hatred around Captain Planet, he actually gets weaker in power. And I could see a battle between these two going on for a while, and I could see Captain Planet keeping his cool the entire time because he really doesn't have emotion. He doesn't show emotion that I remember, at least. Captain Planet? Captain Planet. I don't remember him crying and, like, he, a kid died and he's like, it's fine. <laughs> Go ahead, kids. He has the race to Canis emotional Join range. that <laughs> gang. With Swamp Thing, the longer the battle goes on, he can see some of the destruction that's clearly going to happen around him. And I could see that rage building up in the anger. And as he gets angrier, maybe like like the reverse Hulk kind of a thing, as he gets angrier, Captain Planet comes down in power. And that could be a thing that pushes Swamp Thing over the top. Um, the, the other thing I want to mention is, is there's an entire comic where Swamp Thing fights Superman of all people. And I think given the Captain Planet being who he is and what he does, a battle against Superman is an excellent example because Swamp Thing for the entire first half of this comic beats up Superman. There's really no other way to say it. Superman tries to shoot him and with the heat vision and tries to punch him and kick and do all the Superman stuff. And Swamp Thing just easily takes it all, reforms over here, and then essentially uses the Earth to come up from the ground and grab Superman with the strength of the Earth, which is apparently enough to defeat Superman, because he ends up dragging him down into the ground to essentially his own little chamber in the Earth and uses incapacitation as his way to victory, which is, I think, one of two ways that Swamp Thing can beat Captain Planet. I don't know that there's a specific way Captain Planet can defeat Swamp Thing, but I see two clear avenues for Swamp Thing to defeat Captain Planet, and one of them is incapacitation. Absolutely, he can grab him, he can take him off the field of battle, because uh, he can be on the entire Earth all at once. He can he can project his consciousness over here, which is essentially like a form of teleportation in its own in its own right. But he can he can incapacitate Captain Planet, who will not be strong enough, especially given all the rage and, and the anger that Swamp Thing will feel in this battle as he loses power. He will not be able to break free. He will be able to quote unquote safely walk away, which is absolutely a win condition. So I believe he could take him, uh, Captain Planet, down to that Superman chamber down in the Earth, where he was able to hold Superman for at least two minutes. Because they had a full-on multi-page conversation about what each of them was trying to do in that moment outside of the fighting. I think he can win the battle that way. And that is my point number two. May I? Please. Okay, so number one, the emotional pollution is definitely something that Captain Planet felt. And there was an episode where Captain Planet, the the, the planeteers go back in time to stop someone who else went back in time to sell like this missile. Because of course they did. Of course, missile technology to Hitler. So... (laughs) I think it won in a, a number of awards would not be something people would say about this episode. So what happened was, <laughs> what happened was Captain Planet flies in. He's formed by the Planeteers. He flies into this area, this castle, wherever it's being held, his base. And he's like, oh, such hatred, such emotional. And then it snaps like to a, a shot of like Hitler's eyes staring at Captain Planet because 
you know, why not? And then what happened was Captain Planet like started sweating. I guess showing weakness. That's how you show weakness. Like if you look at Ray right now, evidently he's showing weakness. I'm drenched. Yeah. And <laughs> what happened was he he's like, oh, I feel it. Anyway, so then he runs over to the missile, picks it up and tosses it through the air and, and it blows up like way like miles in the sky. That wasn't really that weak. Like he overcame it very, very quickly. And that was the most insane hatred or emotional pollution you could deliver to someone. Right. And even that was like maybe a second slowed him down, but not much. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Number two, Captain Planet also controls plant life. So if plants came up and snapped them, like vines or whatever, pulled them underground, he would also fight for that control. He'd have some control over it. And who knows who's more powerful with the, the plant control, Swamp Thing or Captain Planet? We I don't do. know. Okay. I'll it's say Swamp Thing. It's Without Captain question. Planet, clearly. And at the, or it could be both. Who knows? But he can teleport. And he can use fire to burn everything, but he could teleport away from being snatched down. You know what I mean? One thing has that form of like, you know, spiritual or uh, mental teleportation where he can just take his mental capacity and just put it into another planet or what have you. So, you know, that's, I don't know, that's a really feasible way to defeat Captain Planet, you know, for all those reasons. That's about it. I actually like a lot of what you said in that point. Do you have anything to say before I give my point number two? I mean, of course I do. Um, I, I was actually, I was actually pointing to Lauren, the judge, but you know, oh, Lauren, to... why don't you, why don't you destroy that nonsense first and then I'll come in and back you up? No, there's actually a lot of places I could kind of go with that. There's a lot here and I'm not trying to like jump in and, you know, take and just, you know, take those reins, um, you know, to take it back to Avatar real quick. I know that's not part of the battle, but you know, sure. you're, you're talking about plant life. There's water in plant life. You can control water. You can control the plants. You know, same thing can be said about like in Avatar, like, you know, there are metal benders and stuff like that because there's metal in the earth. So things like that just kind of sparking into my head right now. Um, so far, you're both making excellent points, and I'm starting to think about weaknesses that you haven't mentioned right now um, with these characters based on what you're saying and based on my own knowledge. So this is getting fun. This is getting fun for me. Yeah. Cool. A couple of things I just like to point out sure. here, because uh, of course I am. One, yes, he might have gotten weakened by the hatred, but picking up a rocket and throwing it into space, that's low-level super strength stuff right there. Uh, he's not at the height of it. He does not need the height of his powers in order How to is pick that up low a rocket. Level... For people who have this ridiculous level of strength, we see people do stuff like that all the time. Pick up trucks and throw them. Like, how many characters have the ability to do that? The answer is a lot of them. So I, you could still be, Captain Planet could still be weakened uh, severely. Maybe if he had somebody to oppose him in that moment, maybe if there was a super strong character in that moment, he could not have done that. But against an inanimate object, sure, he can do that. I don't necessarily think that's a great example of him overcoming the hatred because that's something he should be able to do on a dime, uh, 100%. Also, you know, I, I when I looked through, you bring up the teleporting thing, I looked through and I have to imagine this is a one-off example because uh, I keep looking through the Captain Planet portfolio here because as soon as you said it, I was like, I have no, this is ridiculous. So I look over here and I'm looking at, you know, the elemental powers, flight, strength, invulnerability, te telepathy, empathy, all that good stuff, you know, the, the, the heart stuff that you would speak of. Ain't nobody putting a teleport out here. So episode one and episode two. Oh, please. No, that's seriously. a two part episode. Should only count as one. Okay. So he did it twice. No, I, I'm just not buying it as a thing. It's not his go-to move. It's not a thing he does. It's kind of like Megatron with a force field. I wonder and if someone brought that up. The other <laughs> thing that I would say to this, and the last uh, counterpoint here, which is important, is a Captain Planet might have some power over the plants. This version of Swamp Thing is the plants. He literally, his essence is the essence of the plant. So if you're going to say somebody who can manipulate fire and somebody who just like literally is the embodiment of fire, I'd have to believe the guy who is defeats the guy who can. I actually will agree with that. When it comes to plant control... I'd actually say Swamp Thing has the edge. I w I'm not saying Captain Planet doesn't have a lot of power 
and isn't like one of the best when it comes to all that. But I definitely, I definitely think swamp. I will give that to you. I do. I definitely think that's more when it comes to plants. That's more swamp things area. He's a literal force of nature. And, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, when you brought up the plant stuff, I don't think there's a question of control. I think absolutely swamp thing wins that wins that tussle. Yep, I agree. All right. Would you like my point number two? Oh, I thought you already made it. Go ahead. No, I hadn't it's because I'm just that good. Here we go. It's the intoxication. I told you. I, Ray's already intoxicated. So here's the deal. I'm just going to call this heart. Okay. Now for years, my friends and I, when we were talking about Captain Planet, because we found it hilarious. The running joke was like, if you had to pick one, and this actually happened when I was playing football and we're all like in the huddle and we're like waiting for the offensive line and I got bored and when I get bored, I'd say weird stuff. I'm like, okay, if you had to pick to be one of the Planeteers, who would you pick? And ultimately, no one would pick, you know, was it Mati, Mati who was the yes. heart? Because yeah. you're like, what the, what did, what? Dude, show us what you can do with that, right? We all thought it was the most useless heart. And then you get punched in the face. Like, no one really thought that was a good thing to have, including me, until I rewatched a recent episode of uh, Captain Planet, where a future version of himself came back to the past and revealed that the power of heart really was just another way of saying super telepathic control okay I, and i didn't get it and then i started looking at some other stuff going online and i'm like wait a minute captain planet showed a ton of telepathy and telepathic control throughout various episodes and i'm like oh wait that's an action that's what heart is i didn't get it until then okay so on top of all the powers he's got this super te- telepathy is where you can control people's minds and emotional well-being so just remember that the emotional well-being which makes sense since he's able to communicate telepathically with the planeteers. Remember, we'd see that, mm-hmm. that you know, all of a sudden he's getting a message from them or something's going on. Um, so after watching another few episodes, I saw that Captain Planet used his telepathy to command dolphins to find bombs in a river. I remember that. And I'm like, why would you, first of all, why are there dolphins in a river? Secondly, well, I guess they, they flip, it flowed out from the ocean. Secondly, why would he ask dolphins to risk their lives to find bombs? He could evaporate the water. And just, you know, find the, and deactivate the bombs, like using one of his magical powers, shoot electricity, whatever it was. Why did he risk the dolphins' lives to do it? That kind of reveals a little demented side of Captain Planet, <laughs> by the way. He also telepathically commands a herd of wild buffalo to calm down. Like, I guess there's a charging herd of buffalo. And instead of, like, just saying, hey, look, running buffalo, calm down. Like, he just calmed them all down with a telepath. I think they were running out of village or something. And the last part, he telepathically commands an entire population of a nearby city to turn off their lights in order to conserve electricity. Okay. Like, this oh, is, my goodness. Okay. No, but this is, these are examples. These are not just one-ups. These are examples of his crazy telepath. This is almost like Professor X level of tele- telepathy here. So not only can he control people and animals, he can also telepathically control entire populations of cities to do his bidding. That makes him a superpowered telepath on top of everything else he has going for him. This is crazy. So how would that work against Swamp Thing? Well, remember, Swamp Thing has the spirit and emotional components of Dr. Alec Holland, right? It's not his thing, but it's, it's the emotional components. And Swamp Thing is in the form of Swamp Thing. It's just the plant life and everything else creating a humanoid version of what it thinks it should look like Correct. while having the spirit of Alec Holland, okay? So although he's made a plant matter, he's still got the mind and emotions of a human somewhat. So during their epic fight, why wouldn't Captain Planet use the power of heart to either attack something telepathically and slash or emotionally? Like, why couldn't he do a telepathic and emotional attack? If he can shut, you know, I, I can see him shutting down his mind, making him sad, making him angry, doing something like that, which may be one of the few ways 
to get to Swamp Thing. He maybe will even stop the fight before it even starts by giving a telepathic command to slow it down. Or during their battle, he can attack him psychically. And, you know, Swamp Thing will all of a sudden be like, wait, what the hell? And now he's fighting on two different planes, right? That's my point number two. It's the power of heart. Yowza. And and honestly, I didn't think you were going to use the power of heart because I felt the same way you did. I didn't realize how much the power of heart could actually do. So I will give you full credit for this point. Um, a couple of things right here. I mean, you're again, it's just you get use these examples. He turns has everybody turn off the lights in this. That's ridiculous. This is he I mean, did, he did it. In the car. Know, I know he did it. That's ridiculous writing. That's bad storytelling. I would just say he ha- he is the deus ex machina, maybe of the entire pantheon of superheroes in that they write him into a corner and they write him into a situation. Situation where honestly most he only appears like once or twice in each episode for like 30 seconds like the shows aren't about him the shows are about the planeteers getting themselves up against painting themselves into a corner and essentially not and then all of a sudden it's just like captain planet deus ex machina have the power we need to get out I, of here i get it it's like ray like when you travel to a bad area of los angeles and you're like oh no i better call captain gabsy and then you call me and i have to come rescue you and i get it look that's only i can't say it's a one-off example um <laughs> The thing is, uh, uh, when we talk about just the writing and you, you think about just uh, where they're coming from is uh, uh, it's really going to be. And, and when it comes down to it, who do you think is the better writer? Who do you think is the better embodiment of science fiction culture? Wait, 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 was wait, wait, it wait. was it Alan Moore uh, or was it Ted Turner? Okay, okay, hold on. You have you this no, thought. No, let me let me know now. Now this is where I'm going to jump in. OK, so we're going to go outside canon. We're going to talk about the writing. You have to keep in mind when and how Captain Planet was made. It's market research propaganda. Yes, in the 90s. Yes, it is. It is the Burger King Kids Club of superhero television. I don't think it you're is, wrong. It is the blockbuster kids club. You take kids of every color, uh, from every nationality, and you throw them into a show together, and now they're the army of this blue superhero. Everything is cut and dry. It really Thank is. You. Thank is. you. But it's, right, I'm not disagreeing with any of it, but that's why we do these battles, because we take them as live characters. That's we correct. Say, if we could take the living embodiment of what we see from this comic book, right, for Swamp Thing, and this cartoon series, Captain Planet, and put them together, what happens? That's like saying, okay, if you write a script, and I write a script, and we say, well, who would win a fight between the writers? Well, I'd win every time. I mean, let's face facts, I play a fight dirty. But Hiding in the fetal position in the corner is not a win, yeah, technically. I, yeah, but. I count I count that as a negative, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that point away from you because if we're gonna keep it in the canon, character, character. Awesome. Thank you. Really, Thank I you. just wanted an excuse, and I'll be honest with you, it's shameless. I just wanted an excuse to bring Ted Turner's name into this battle. That's oh, really all I was trying to do. You know what the worst part was? Okay, so I, I shouldn't say worst part. The funny part was Ted Turner, you know he was a character. He wrote himself as a character into I do an know episode. That. Yes. Right. And because he wanted to show that he was environmentally conscious. So he wrote himself as like uh, an ally to the Planeteers. That's what I'm saying. No, there's zero create. There was so little creativity <laughs> and so many. I love. I mean, obviously, I grew up watching 90s cartoons. Like I was a kid of in the course. 90s. But what I'm saying is, is that the creativity was removed, and it was all about the environment, the image, the. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And I think I think that you, listen when you shoot a rainbow blast of energy <laughs> that creates a corkscrew funnel of destructive power. That's pretty creative, but you're also kind of desperate for like, you know, hey, how do we take out a missile? I don't know. We could shoot electricity at it. We can catch it and throw it away. We could punch it. No, rainbow blast of electricity. Anyway, so I agree with you. You're at we're at that magical point, by the way. We're at the turning point, which is where you decide which character is ahead and what does the other character have to do to pull out a win. So who's winning in your mind? What's the other character have to do? I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer that directly because what fun would that be? But I think where we are right now is you both put down excellent points for your character. James has put down excellent points why Captain Planet's so strong and why he would not be defeated. And Ray, you've put down awesome 
like baseline characteristics of Swamp Thing on his motivations and his strengths. What I am craving right now and what's going to honestly turn it for one of you and take it for, to the win is how do I put this? So there's a few things we still have to discuss. You, Planeteers, his little army that hangs out in front of him. And then I don't want to repeat any of my points from our last battle where I, you know, decided you were a loser. But <laughs> mistakes in life. Made. But, Just in life. Never mind the battle. We, we were talking about um, the whole sentient thing. So if Swamp Thing has the advantage of, um, you know, trying to retain his humanity, is that an advantage or is it not? Whereas someone like Captain Planet um, doesn't have much sentience. He does not. He has no empathy. I mean, we have heart. But we don't have heart. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he doesn't. I do know what you mean. I, yeah. yeah, he doesn't take it. He doesn't take a knee and talk to these kids who he lives. He risks every week, every week, every week, every week. Those planeteers might die because he, of him. And he never seems to express any concern for them either. Like, it's never just like, oh, my God, he, like, they summon Captain Planet. And he's always just like, I'm here to do the thing. It's never like, oh, my God, you guys, you're in a terrible position right now. I feel empathy for a guy for the empathy. He doesn't seem to show it a whole heck of a lot. He's had a couple of episodes where he kind of talked about, I think, the gang one. And I think a number of times of why polluting is bad. And he gives like his speech of the week. But I agree. I see what you're saying. He doesn't, he doesn't talk really... to those kids who are wearing rings that send them on missions well, that could ruin their lives. That actually yes. works for my point number three. I knew it me. would because I read it through heart. It's weird because right. that works for my point number three as well. Yes. well hit us with your point number three, right? My point number three, I'm just going to I've already brought up one specific way that I think that Swamp Thing can win this battle, because, again, we're dealing with two characters who have they're just so similar. And so you've got to figure out what are the angles for this person to win. Now, I know there is no. Uh, well, I'll start with one and I'll go into the other, because actually I said before there were two ways. I actually had three and I was uh, uh, I forgot one. So here we are right now. I should really read my notes extra. One of the things that he Swamp Thing has is uh, the power over the gray, which means that he, throughout his process, keeps getting more powerful as his story progresses, and he keeps bringing on new and new forms of life. He gains the ability to create spores and create a, a bacteria, essentially, which is everywhere in all things at all times, and he has the power to physically manipulate that bacteria, so he can create it if it's not there already, uh, which might not be for Captain Planet, being that he's not uh, really that organic of a, of a character, um, but he can create it wherever he needs to be and then he can manipulate it. So one of the ways that I think Captain Planet would definitely not see coming is that Swamp Thing could create bacteria inside Captain Planet or around Captain Planet and, and microscopic uh, particles and stuff. And then he can shift them around and move them around. So he could do all kinds of internal damage to Captain Planet before he really knew what was going on. Uh, and, and like I say, even if we believe that he's a pristine, clean character, because I think he is, creating those spores in him, one, does that count as pollution? I don't know. Maybe it weakens him. But the fact that you could attack Captain Planet Planet internally uh, with something is something that I think is very, very powerful and something I know Captain Planet cannot do back to Swamp Thing. The other and I think even bigger reason why Swamp Thing clearly wins this battle is no outside interference is allowed in a who would win battle. For the sake of this battle, we have to assume, though, that the Planeteers themselves are in play. Each one of them has a has a ring and they have to have summoned Captain Planet at some time. And how the how close they are to each other and how close those rings are to each other is what magnifies Captain Planet's abilities. There was a time when only two of the planeteers were up in space and they were trapped up in space okay away from the other three by literally you know uh, not light years but you know a very long stretch of, of uh, space the two who summoned Captain Planet actually summoned a much weaker version of Captain Planet because the rings were so far apart from each other that when only two of them combined for their powers they had a 
hideously crippled version of Captain Planet, who was still able to save the day because of course he was, and he was able to move the space station they were on and bring them back down to Earth and what have you, but it was a huge struggle for him. So, why I bring that up is, if, if the Planeteers themselves are just little kids that have rings, and generally during the big bad uh, fight moments of the Captain Planet episode, they're just standing off in the corner going, yeah, Captain Planet, get him! And he's not usually fighting super-powered individuals in his battle, so he can easily overcome with whatever he's doing. If Swamp Thing, they have to be near the, the field of battle in order for Captain Planet to even be. So that's why I think that they are in play. If Swamp Thing can use the ground and can grab the kids who will be on the ground at some point, and he has a way to physically uh, uh, hurt them. I don't think he would hurt them, though, because they're kids. But would he? could he separate them? Could he make them push them away from the field of battle and away from each other? So each one is standing on their own continent of origin? Absolutely, that's a thing that he can do. And if he was to do that and, and separate the rings, that is a wicked way that Captain Planet can lose. The, he becomes human, essentially, if the rings are taken too far away from him. He becomes the strength of a human. And Swamp Thing ain't going to have any problem with a with a supernatural human guy. You know, it's just not going to happen. So the big way and the way I think that the first two, the, the, the constricting way, I think works. The algae inside the body way, the spores inside the body way, I think works as well. But I think the best argument that I have for why Swamp Thing wins this battle is his ability to me mess with the planeteers themselves and, and quickly whisk them away, you know, deep into the ground, going through the ground. I mean, not even hurting them, but separating them away weakens the powers of the ring. Captain Planet reduced to human. Captain Planet loses this battle. And that is my point number three. Okay, let me ask you some, if I may. You may. Okay, thank you. Uh, a couple of questions. Number one, I've seen a number of examples throughout different episodes of Captain Planet. I feel weird just saying that, by the way. That where I'm the, sorry for you. Thank you. Where the planet was actually quite enjoyable. The planeteers were at very far, were very far distances from Captain Planet. I'm talking like sometimes at least dozens upon dozens of miles, right? So when we think of the field of battle, we're not thinking it's, dozens and dozens of miles they're very close to each other right within like 100 yards of each other or something like that in a radius of that that's pretty much it the, the planeteers can be at a very safe distance and by the way captain planet very often made a point of being away from the planeteers also for this battle they're not calling captain planet right he's just he's already there right it just that's one of those battles right where for whatever reason captain planet's there they're a swamp thing. They decide to go at it. Okay. So they're already going to, he's going to already be at a far distance from them because he does not actually like putting them at risk. He's saved them a number of times. That's part of his MO. He does put them at risk all the time, though. It's well, not like it's abnormal he, for them he, to be in the, in the middle of everything when they whenever, call him. But here's the thing I, whenever he has a chance to be, to like, like when he took a, I think the, the nuclear missile that was coming at them that he shot his rainbow thing at him. <laughs> I know he, he flew miles up into the air and shot it out. He was like miles away from them. So the ability to be, at a great distance away from the planters and still be highly powered, it's there. Now you're right. If they're separated, but it was space to the earth, how many miles is it from space to the earth? It's gotta be, you know, lots, hundreds. I was only about, so 60 miles. That's still much bigger than the battlefield that they're fighting on right now, which is a hundred yards or so. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Number two, as far as the spores or what have you into his body, remember captain planet can actually turn his body into pure energy. There's a couple episodes where his body goes completely, it, it turns into lightning, mm -hmm. right? What's that going to do to spores? Like whenever he needs to kind of go turn into whatever he needs to uh, in energy wise, like especially destructive energy, he can do it. Like he's actually a really big destructive force uh, for good, I guess. But he's like, there's a lot of capacity for horrible things that he can do. That's about it, actually. I think that's, yeah. And also 
by the way, if the Planeteers are close by, this is the weird part. One of the ways Captain Planet increases his strength, goes almost like Super Saiyan, so to speak, to pull in some Dragon Ball stuff, is he gets powered up by good emotions. And what do the Planeteers do all the time? Go Planet. Like, they're cheering him on. <laughs> oh, he gets point. stronger. That's so cheesy. I, cheesy or correct? No, it's cheesy, actually. But it's the point is... It's so it's, narcissistic. It's like, tell me how good I am. I know. And he eats it up. He's like, yeah, He's like, I oh, am. it's making me stronger. That's, <laughs> guys, I'm uncomfortable right uh, now. Wow. Good. Okay. All right, we'll and, keep going. And, and, and to your point, I, I would have to say that Captain Planet doesn't exist on his own. I mean, Captain Planet exists because he is called into being. He is a summoned so, creature, right? Yeah, but that's like saying He-Man doesn't exist on, exist on his own because he has to be called in by Prince Adam. But that's but, fine. Right, what we're saying when we is, did the He-Man battle, Prince Adam turned into He-Man at the beginning. Right, but the but okay. So what we're we're what, we're, what I'm saying is the planeteers aren't in the field of battle. Like they're not at risk in the field of battle. The they're cool thing away. is because Swamp Thing literally is all ground of the Earth at all times. Yes, they are. <laughs> as long as they're on the planet how, Earth. How does Swamp Thing there. know that to know to go after the kids? Um, because he can hear them talking to each other. He can hear them yell, "Go!" Captain Planet from a mile away. So if you're playing football and you see fans cheering on the Detroit Lions, like all three of them, like in the stands, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, hey, I know how to depower the Detroit Lions. I'll take their fans uh, and put them on, like how far underground Swamp do you have to separate thing, them? Swamp by the Thing way? is a scientist who's been in the DC universe too long to understand five kids with power rings that he has full awareness of shouting, go Captain Planet and pumping their rings in the air has something to do with it. I absolutely believe Swamp Thing would figure that out without question. He can. I'm going to go to our judge on this. I, okay, yeah, I was gonna say, are we gonna, if we're gonna cross streams for a minute here, uh, so are you saying that on the battlefield, if the kids are summoning Captain Planet like, with their rings, then it, it would like trigger some sort of spider sense in Swamp Thing, like that, Swamp Thing has awareness the, of the Earth. The, the battle so. is already like it's already Captain Planet's already summoned. Yeah, he's here, like he's there at the starting point. Yes, it's like it's like a um, Swamp like, Thing didn't witness them being like right. coming out of the ground or coming out of the sky. Right. It's street fighter too. It's right. like, you know, I, I think granted that he is a force of nature. I, I you can decide what you would okay, like to. So on there's this. Some, he would know a hundred percent. What is that? Omniscience, right? Where someone right. has knowledge. That right. they really should. Okay. So if, if I'll go with this, if Swamp Thing has that, I think Captain Planet has it to a degree as well. Uh, Captain Planet has whatever he needs in the moment. Bingo. So, okay. So let's, know. let me go with my point number three. Yes, okay. Please. This is where I'm going to try to do the journey here. Follow me if you will. Don't be tricked, Lauren. The swirling smoke is seeping through the bottom of the door. Help. It's crazy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you need help. Okay. Here you go. I call point number three molecular manipulation. Ooh, syllables. That's right. Now, here's where everything comes together in the big plan to take out Swamp Thing. Okay, so Ray, try to follow what I'm doing here because there's going to be a lot of moving parts to this. Lauren, you'll have no problem. It's this not going to make any sense at all. That's why I'll, I'll do my best. Okay, so here it goes. Captain Planet telepath. Here's, here's how I see the fight going. Captain Planet telepathically attacks Swamp Thing because he knows, omniscience, Swamp Thing's vulnerable through emotional content, right? Or attacks. So he telepathically attacks Swamp Thing using the power of heart. Super powerful. Swamp Thing is defending himself from the attack, but his mind is occupied for the moment, right? I'm not even saying that Captain Planet breaks through and like shuts his emotional content, but he's he has to defend it, okay? During the telepathic attack, Captain Planet uses his speed nine times around the planet Earth while carrying huge domes in less than a second. He uses his speed and control over water to make it leave Swamp Thing. So he actually commands the water to leave Swamp Thing, okay? Because he's done that. He's done that with rivers. He can command water, okay? And then he wants to do that to try to start to dry him out, right? And uses water leaving him and heat. He's done that before with plants as well. So he uses the power of fire to burn Swamp Thing and all vegetation around him. He then uses control over Earth to bury him under tons of rocks. And he's actually commanded Earth just like a Earthbender from Avatar, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
even Swamp Thing, with all of this, is still surviving this really cool but multifaceted attack. Okay? He's still surviving it. But here's the final blow. Captain Planet, because remember, he's omniscient, and he understands the both mutual weaknesses, how you said this one may not come into play. I say it will. Captain Planet buries Swamp Thing under all of that rock and weakens him with fire, with little snow water in his system, and further occupies his mind with a telepathic attack, all in order to do one thing. Transmute Swamp Thing's own body into deadly and toxic pollution. Okay? Boom. That's how it works. In case you didn't know, Captain Planet, on top of everything else, he can also transmute matter from one form to another at the molecular level. And he's done this a number of times, which means he can change, you know, one thing to another. He's changed, he can change, you know, from mud into diamonds, from worms into caviar, or even somehow turn into like a race to Canis into a James Gabsy. He can improve everything he does. Uh, nothing is impossible for Captain Planet. Now, he's been able to, I remember he transmuted mud into sunglasses. He, he, took, he took a sheet of metal, lightly tapped it, and turned it into a recycle box with stickers on it. Okay, that's how that's the power of transmutation. He took a cloning gun, grabbed the end of it, like the barrel, shoves it back into the gun, does something with his hand, pulls it back out, and turns it into an anti-cloning gun. Like that's what he can do with his matter transmutation, his molecular manipulation. Okay. He one time <laughs> added ramps to a bridge just by thinking about it. Like he said, I need ramps on that bridge. All of a sudden you see a tornado and there's ramps. One time these train tracks had to be created for this weird electrical train. He shot out blasts of metal, liquid metal from his hands that turned into perfectly formed train tracks, right? That then formed, I mean, it was, it was red hot metal and then all of a sudden train tracks. This guy can transmute anything into anything else, molecular level kind of stuff. We're talking like almost like Thanos level power with the reality gem kind of stuff. He can do that. So while Swamp Thing's own body is poisonous to himself due to like, you know, you know him trying to look, he's going to look for more plant matter to like send his consciousness to, right? Just like what Ray said. The problem is he won't find any close by that's safe for him to go in order to reform his body. Because remember, he's doing this. He can do this like everywhere, like in a whole field or whatever it is. The swamp thing will then kind of let his consciousness go. And one thing, two, one of two things happens. Either he finds plant matter somewhere else on the planet Earth, right? Or in a different area. Or if there's no plant matter, his mind actually floats out into space, goes into the astral form. I read about this. And he actually found plant matter on another planet and reformed himself into these blue swamp thing kind of creature. So he's cool. It's kind of like he's immortal, but he will be away from the field of battle. That's battlefield removal because he'll have to protect himself that way. See, he can be killed if he doesn't let his body, his mind go into another vessel, right? But all of a sudden he won't be able to because there's toxic pollution everywhere, including his body, the whole area. That multifold set will be doing that. So that's it. He'll have to leave the field of battle after his body's turned into poison, pollution, and toxic waste. That's it, buried on all the stuff, all that multi-pulsed attack. So, with Chasm Planet's insane set of powers, that includes everything Superman can do, and also teleportation, weather control, complete mastery over everything associated with Earth, wind, fire, and water, the telepathic and emotional control he has over people and animals, his control over plant life, and the ability to manipulate matter at a molecular level, there's just no way that Swamp Thing beats Captain Planet. And that's my final point. That is, do not be fooled by any of that. That is one of the biggest stretches I've heard of in the history of who would win battle, whether I was on the show or before. I like, I like how you call a strategy a stretch because what you did is more like he wins because he uh, can take out kids and separate them from each other. And that's a great reason why he's going to win this battle. Let me go ahead and, and rebut right now, because literally as you were making your points, because you said there was a multifaceted attack. So I have my immediate response for each one. What? 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 None of that made any sense at all. You actually think Captain Planet 
who is the uh, a hero of anti-pollution of the planet Earth, is going to win by filling the Earth with pollution? Filling that is, the immediate spot is where Swamp some, Thing is? That Why is not he? something that he's going to do. You think he's going to defeat a character? And Swamp Thing would pull kids apart? Uh, sir, this is my rebuttal time. <laughs> yes, and yes, he would, first off. Um, your, your argument right now is that he's going to defeat a character who can control the actual uh, 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 ground of the Earth itself by hitting him with the ground of the Earth itself. That doesn't make the slightest sense. You also said, uh, uh, you know Swamp Thing's uh, weakness is emotional attacks. No, that's Captain Planet's weakness. I never, that was never established. That was Swamp Thing's weakness. You, and you can roll back the tape. Yeah, that absolutely. is what you Te said. No, but telepaths have attacked Swamp Thing. Uh, that's and, fine. And hurt him and, with and emotional attacks. That is fine. That is not a thing. That, Captain Planet is a very physical being who uses his physical I powers. I just provided... Five examples of him using the power All of, of heart one and emotional control. The notion, Over five the notion, the concept. Do not join this party. Do not wake up. Have some coffee. Oh, this is intoxication right here. So here's the thing. Captain Planet has plans and they're multifaceted. You see how he won't let me speak? Because he knows I'm right. He's done it this is how he does it. I now know this is how he does it by not letting me boys, speak. Boys, boys. Now here's the deal. <laughs> just, just to finalize here. The notion, the notion, the concept that Captain Planet would create pollution in order to win a battle is ludicrous that is not a thing that may be james gavsey's version of captain planet which is probably a show i would want to watch because it would be weird <laughs> fantastic but the real captain planet the one we're actually debating he is literally sworn to not to to end pollution everywhere he's not going to bring it into being even for a battle so you're saying he's never created pollution He's not going to do it, no. Okay, he's done that at least three times I can three think of times. in the show. Define pollution. Because you also talk about transmogrification. I'll let you think about it for a second. Transmutation. Transmutation. He's done it to a tiny little uh, uh, gun. He's done it to this. He's not done it to the scale of miles around to turn something into a polluted toxic waste dump. What are we talking about right now? That is not... Yeah, maybe that could work against Swamp Thing in the short term. He would still... There's still the rest of the earth for him to spread his consciousness to and bring it back to the field because that is exactly what he do. That is not a thing Captain Planet would do. This is the this, most that third that third argument point is one of the most muddied and I'll say swampy uh, uh, nonsense that James Gavsey's ever come up with. And I hope that you can cut through the BS and not be intoxicated by that great haircut of one James Gavsey. This, this is the most exercise. Thank you. This is the most exercise Ray has had in years, <laughs> by the way. OK, um, I just can't believe what I'm hearing because it's ludicrous. OK, here's the thing. He has created pollution on, in certain ways unintentionally. Oh, um, unintentionally. Oh, so now the truth comes out. No, no. When he destroys like a missile, where do you think all the components go? Yeah, up into space. Really? In the, so they, they, he blows up a missile midair and somehow it goes up into space. Do you know how physics work? I do not. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> have you been to school? I mean, I was uh, present once. You were, sorry, did you say you were in prison once or present? Uh, did both fit. Okay, good. So here's <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. He unintentionally. No, no. If you he see, feels this Swamp is the thing, intoxication. He's this lying is a Swamp to you. Things, if Swamp Thing feels that this is a big enough threat, he'll actually do what he needs to do. By the way, what would he do with the pot, the, the toxic, you know, waste and the pollution after he defeated Swamp Thing? He turned into like flowers or grass or, you know, uh, maybe those drugs that kid used and died for whatever he would do. <laughs> he'd, he'd fix it after because he changes things and fixes them right back. I mean, that's why the clone and cloning gun. You've that made your point number minute. three already. I All would right, just say, yeah, unintentionally creates pollution, but in his argument, he's doing it intentionally and on a widespread scale. Lauren, you've Please. heard the arguments. I sure have. From, Please. You've heard the arguments from Ray. You've heard the arguments from me. Give us your wisdom. Make a judgment. Tell us your process. 
Who wins this battle? All right. So I think some one thing that both of you gentlemen accidentally sort of left out was, again, we touched on it briefly. We didn't really go into it. In the same way that, Ray, you were saying that Swamp Thing had the ability to tear these kids apart, I think he has the ability to bring them all together and maybe even turn against Planet. Again, Planet has no empathy. Planet is blindsided. He has these goggle, like just narrow goggle visions of like pollution, bad Go after the bad guy. He gives no cares. We're gonna say that because family friendly. I know what you're trying he to say. He gives none. He, he cares none about those children wielding the rings. He doesn't care about them. They are the bearers of the power that say their magic element words that bring him out of from the ground or wherever he comes from. And, and who knows when he's under there? Maybe all those powers are building, and like he just needs to get it out. If you know what I mean. But um, I don't. But go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, I could, you know, say it in adjective form. But we, you know, we're wrapping up here. But yeah. So the thing with Captain Planet is just like he is blindsided. He does not care about those kids. You were talking earlier, Ray, about Swamp Thing and talking about the this struggle to to stay human which again just going back to the last battle that i that we had when i was judging i was talking about how grievous being human being sentient is a weakness i'm going to turn that script around and say that in this case with swamp thing being human being sentient is a strength mm, interesting. So, wow. so the fact that captain planet doesn't have that level of just caring about the kids who are traveling the world risking their lives to summon him and learning english because they're all from different continents true wait they all speak english that for his convenience (laughs) what i'm trying to say is i think those might have been both both arguments there i think you gentlemen may have not considered and left out of your points so that's my thought process both of you excellent excellent debates i mean the like all the fog in the room is gone because I just inhaled it all. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I came through to the other side and now I need a nap. <laughs> nice. So who who won this battle? Is that the question? That's at the hand? question. I'm gonna say something that you probably haven't heard in a while, but Ray is right. Oh my what? god. Ray what? is right. Oh, thank you. You took it to fan theory land, James. It was a good argument. It was an excellent debate, and I was and you know, trust me, the heart is beating. But I think we're going. I think Ray is right. Wow! You know I would what? say of, of all of all the heart, you have the you have the most. Not not the kid with the ring. It's Lawrence Stone. Ow! <laughs> I, I will say this: the the big weakness Captain Planet has would be the fact that his, the the Planeteers could be attacked, right, and be used against him. That right. is definitely great strategy on your part. Thank you. That that was excellent. No, here's the deal: I was afraid that you were going to be able to talk your way out of it. <laughs> And I really wanted to make sure that was understood and on the record. Well, because look at it. Like I said before, it's like you can take, here's five teenagers. Teenagers are mental. I was one once. I was mental. I'm mental now. I'm I'm, I'm still 15 in my head. But that's an army. Those are people in front of him that can be attacked. Without them, he can't be summoned. There might be another way. But then again, we're taking it to fan theory land, which I love. I'll do a podcast called fan theory land. But... No, you're right on that because one of the big issues is that Captain Planet doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like, you, it's not like right. He Man and and you actually were absolutely correct. He Man and, and Prince Adam, like it's one or the other that you're going to have there. Like one, some, but with the Planeteers, not only do they have to summon Captain Planet, but once they're there, they can't defend themselves with their rings. Like the right. rings are completely inoperable. Like there's nothing. They're just rings. Like, these kids don't have powers. They're not. None. Like, they're not like Sailor Moon characters where they have these 
elements inside of them and they are the true guardians and wielders of these powers. They are kids with rings. They are replaceable. Let me ask you a question. If the kids, if the Catholic planet could exist in a vacuum without the kids, would that have changed your mind? Absolutely. It would yeah. have so changed Ray, the argument. That was a great argument on your Thank part. Thank you. I, you know, I would say right now is coming into this battle, Swamp Thing is ridiculous. I mean, he's maybe the most OP character I've d- debated on this show. So coming into it, I said, I don't see a way this character of Captain Planet could actually, I could see how he could withstand Swamp Thing. I don't see how he can defeat Swamp Thing. So I was hoping beyond all measure of hopes, God bless America, that James would would tether reality a little bit with his third point so I could jump down his throat about it. I believe you did. And here's the deal. Great play. I'm going to just give you full credit for that argument because that is not what I was thinking. Literally, my, my, my I'm not even kidding when I said what, what, what were my three points? Like, what is he talking about? And because now I'm attuned to the intoxication of the third point, I knew how to fight it. This is a whole different ball game, James. And I respect your third point. I respect your nonsense. But that doesn't mean I don't need to fight against and, it at and all I'm times. Gonna, and I'm going to write a Captain Planet script with you tomorrow. So you. Absolutely. <laughs> that's Absolutely. what's going to happen next. I got to tell you. So th- this was a really hard battle. <laughs> this is one of the hardest battles we've done. When you, without when you, question. Yeah, because Swamp Thing's a great character. Captain Planet is ridiculous. Yep. It is rid- Like literally, I would say, because the hardest thing for me was to find examples of powers he used twice. Yes. Like, no, exactly. every, like that rainbow thing. That was once. You know, I kind of bent the rules for me because, you know, why but not? But here's the deal. I, I didn't think that necessarily did anything for the... Co- I wasn't going to, you know. I'll just keep yelling one time and just keep seeding doubt. I know. It's all good. All right. So this was an awesome battle. This was I, an excellent battle. I actually battle. agree with everything you said. Whoa. Yeah. And I got to tell you, two for two in terms of being excellent judge, even though Thank I you. didn't win the fight, I do... I. That's the thing with me. If it's not, if I don't win, that's okay. As long as it's a great battle. It was Ray, a great battle. You it was bring a great, a great battle. And, and, and I feel the same way. Uh, as long as it's a great battle and I win, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Lauren, please tell everyone where they can find you, the coolest person we know. You can find me on social media at Lauren Stone. You can follow my writing on Toy Wizards on Pop Lurker. I'm the toy journalist for Sci-Fi Wire. For, I write important toy news. And you can find me at a whole mess of your local Los Angeles conventions. Fantastic. And Ray, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. You can listen to my other show, Knowing is Half the Podcast, uh, the G.I. Joe recap show. We talk about all manner of 80s and 90s cartoon. As I said before, uh, if you have not checked out that episode with the, the inner city gangs and the fact that these five kids from five different continents just somehow go to school in the inner city, I think Atlanta, and they just fit in and nobody questions anything. Like, I'm not when I first was watching that episode in my head, it was like, why is no one being like, well, these are clearly narcs. <laughs> this is 21 Jump Street happening in front of us. No one should, but they just fit right in. Having lived right in Atlanta in. for eight years before I came to Los Angeles, I can tell you firsthand that's exactly the makeup of inner city schools in that's Atlanta. Right. There's uh, someone from the Amazon, yep, yep. Uh, a Russian person, Wheeler, a, a and, then, US kid. And, and then that one person was actually from a country in Africa, right? Uh, Kwame or, yeah. right? He was, Kwame, I, forget, yeah. I forget which country he's from, but he's literally from Africa. Yeah, that's exactly the makeup of. of he's my favorite school. kid on the show too. You know who did uh, the voice for that? Was Levar, was Levar Burton? Yeah, yeah, he did it for the entire series. Oh, so yeah. LaForge slash Reading Rainbow oh, yeah, for great. the kids at home. Well, you can find me on Twitter at James Gavsey posing, posing my patented question of the day. You can also find the Who Would Win show at Long Beach Comic Con. August 31st, evidently, we got to prepare for this. It's going to be crazy. Feel free to give us some suggestions on our Facebook group and on Twitter for which battles we should do. And uh, check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our podcast episodes as well as to check out some great articles. On behalf of myself, Ray Stekanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwindshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.